Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Hello, thank you so much for listening to this message. My name's Benj and I'm recording this uh, after the Sunday. Uh, We had a little bit missed off of the start of the recording, so I'm just going to fill you in on what you've missed and uh, introduce you to uh, today's message, which is Couch to Kingdom. Uh, We are currently in a series in Market Harbour called Walk This Way. And uh, this message is uh, message number four in this series. So Couch to Kingdom. Uh, The message begins by uh, seeing whether anybody has ever done Couch to 5K. It's a really um, popular way for people to get into running, uh, certainly in this country. Uh, It's this training program that lasts for nine weeks where you slowly progress from um, mostly walking to mostly running. And then eventually, by the end of the program, you are able to run a 5K or run for about 30 minutes. And it's designed for anybody to get into running. Uh, The um, average 5K finish time uh, for most people is somewhere between 30 and 35 minutes. Uh, Next up, I just asked whether anybody knows how long a marathon is or how far a marathon is. A marathon is 42 kilometers, so it's about eight times longer than a 5K uh, or 26 miles for those who work in miles. Um, The average finish time for a marathon is anywhere between sort of four and a half hours and five hours. However, back in 2019, a Kenyan man called Eliud Kipchoge ran for the first time in history a marathon in under two hours. Uh, He did this at an an unofficial uh, marathon event, um, but he ran a time of one hour, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. So if you remember, the average finish time for a 5K is anywhere between 30 and 35 minutes. Well, Eliud Kipchoge ran um, eight consecutive 5Ks at about 14 minutes and 13 seconds. He's a very fast man, and he holds this record for the first sub two hour marathon and nobody has done that ever since he's run it now in uh, april of 2023 i actually ran the london marathon which is an amazing experience i trained for about 20 weeks uh, leading up to the marathon i was running five times a week and i really immersed myself in the world of running i uh, watched all of the videos i listened to all the podcasts i read the books i Uh, studied what other people had done, and I tried to do everything that I could to run the best marathon that that I was able to run. And we're going to be talking a bit about running today, and we're going to be talking about running um, for a long time uh, and what it means to run really well. Uh, We're going to take some parallels of marathon training and see how that can um, impact the way that we live our lives as Christians. Our key verse today, or key verses, are from the book of Hebrews and chapter 12. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 is the verse that talks all about um, heroes of faith, men and women who were full of faith and commended in the Bible for their faith. And so we start uh, in Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 1 and 2. Uh, It starts like this. It says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, to the life of faith. That's who we've just read about in chapter 11. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, 
especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And so we're going to be talking about running today. We're going to be talking about how we run with endurance, as Hebrews chapter 12 describes it. How we run this race Um, and what this race is. You know, when we uh, become Christians, when when we invite Jesus to come um, and to make his home in our lives and to be the Lord of our lives, from that moment, we all enter this race that is described in Hebrews. It's a race for everybody who is in God's kingdom, in Jesus's kingdom. And really, the, the race is our lives lived out as disciples of Jesus and lived out in his kingdom and our lives extending his kingdom. That's that's what the race is describing. And we're all running towards Jesus. This is a kingdom race. It's a race that's all about the kingdom. It's about all of us living in his kingdom and running towards Jesus. And so if you have given your life to Jesus, then you are a runner and you are in this race along with everybody else who calls Jesus their Lord and Savior. So we're all in this together. We're all in this race. And as we said, Jesus, he's he's at the finish line and he is the prize. The verses in Hebrews, they talk about how we we run towards Jesus with endurance, first of all, but we have our eyes fixed on him. And so we have this vision of Jesus that keeps us going, that keeps us running. Very often when people um, start running, they will be looking at the ground a lot because they want to see where their feet are going. They want to make sure that they're not going to trip over. Um, And uh, that's, that's all fine. But when we lift our eyes and when we are looking at where we're going, we run much better. We run a little bit faster. Our running form is better. And so when we run this race with our eyes fixed on Jesus, we run so much better. And so today I want to look at some tips for how we can run this race with endurance um, and how we can get from couch to kingdom using six simple disciplines that you find in marathon training and how that sort of marries up with the race that is being described for us in Hebrews chapter 12. So I'm now going to hand back over to myself uh, from the past (laughs) to pick up the rest of this message. And uh, I hope you find this really useful. So we're going to learn how do we run with endurance? Okay, because let me I'll let you into a secret. A marathon's a long way. It's a really long way. And unless you're Elia Kipchoge, it takes a long time. So how do you run and not stop? How do you keep going? How do you do this? have this thing called endurance? And how can we all do that in the race that is described in Hebrews? Um, we're going to go through these. On your tables, you should have a worksheet <coughs> that looks something like this. Can you see that on your tables? So as we go through these, I'd like you to get your worksheet. And on the left-hand side is the six things which are needed for running a marathon. And on the right-hand side 
is going to be the six things that we need to run the race that's described in Hebrews. However, they don't match up, okay? So you need to listen out as I say what relates to what. It will become clear. Once you've joined it up, you need to write on the dotted line what that thing is that we need for our race, okay? So I'm also going to need a volunteer um, who's going to become equipped for the race for me. Uh, who shall I ask? Jenny, why don't you be my volunteer, seeing as you've made such a nice medal? Round of applause for Jenny. Thank you. Great. <clears throat> All right. So the first thing that you need when you're running a marathon is food. There we go. Now, we had some bananas on the side. You're welcome to have a banana today. But food is really, really important when you're running a marathon. Because without enough food, and without the right kind of food, you get about halfway and you fall over, basically. You haven't got enough food to give you the energy that you need to get to the end. Have you heard of carb loading? Yeah, it's a good excuse to eat lots of spaghetti, basically. But um, people that run a marathon, well, obviously the night before, will have loads of carbs because carbs are the things that they need to give them all the energy the next day. And uh, when you train for a marathon, the food that you eat every day is important. If you eat junk food the whole time, when you get to the race day, you're going to feel a bit uh, sluggish. You're going to be a bit slow. But when you eat the right food and you eat it consistently every day, you run better. Now, in the race that we're talking about, we also need food. We need something that we can eat every day. And that thing is gym. There we go. It's, it's the Bible. It's the word of God. The, you know, the, word, the Bible is described as daily bread. Jesus describes it as that, which implies that it's something that we need every day. We need to, to have it every day. We need to eat it every day. It's not enough to just have a big meal on a Sunday and then eat nothing for the rest of the week and then have another big meal the next Sunday. But we need food every day. And when we're running this race together, we need God's word, we need the Bible, and we need it every day, okay? So the first thing I'm going to give Jenny, who's going to be my marathoner, is a Bible. That's for you, Jenny. Hold it tight. All right? The next thing that we need is hydration. Fancy word for water. Well, it doesn't have to be water, though, to be fair. Um, hydration is really important, as well as food, to get you through a marathon. It's really important when you're training for a big, long race that you are hydrating yourself beforehand, but also during the race. You have to drink little bits often throughout the race. When you start the race, it's important you're well hydrated because your muscles perform better, you perform better, you get to the end feeling stronger. And uh, I would parallel this to the Holy Spirit, okay? So for the race that we're all running together, we need the Holy Spirit to hydrate us, to fill us up. He's, he's described as living water in the Bible, and we can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit where we're talking to him every day and he speaks to us and he fills us up and he keeps us going right to the end. He's so, so important. Um, so I'm going to give Jenny... Oh, before I do that, 
I've got a picture to show you. Now, um, earlier we heard about this man, Eliud Kipchoge, and he's Kenyan. Has anybody been to Kenya ever? Yeah, okay, yeah. Kenya's in Africa. And lots of the fastest long-distance runners come from Kenya, or Ethiopia as well, but often from Kenya, which is really interesting. Why do they all come from Kenya? Well, there's a, there's a couple of things that make Kenyan runners... Hello, mate, that's a nice medal. There's a couple of things that make Kenyan runners really good runners. One is that in Kenya, they train at high altitude, okay? This is a picture of them running at, I don't know how many thousand meters above sea level, but it's really high. And when you're not used to that and you go to high altitude, you struggle to breathe because your lungs are like, I don't know what to do here. But these guys live there and they train at high altitude. And it means that when they come down to do a race that's at sea level, they have way more ability to breathe well and perform well than people who have never been up really high. And there's this principle for us that when we know the Holy Spirit and we, we live with him at high altitude, let's say, where we're living conscious of him, conscious of God, talking to him all the time, that we can run really well, okay? Um, so Jenny, my runner, is going to get this lovely water bottle to represent the Holy Spirit. Don't suck it because I've been using that. Okay. The next thing, which is really important when you run a long, long race, is recovery. Okay. Now, nice, there's a bed. Um, when you train for a, for a long run or for a marathon, the importance of recovery or sleep is emphasized as much as the running. The recovery is as important as the running. And they say, if you're going to be running a lot, five days a week, you need to make sure that when you recover, you actually recover. You actually stop and you actually sleep and rest and do all of those things. Okay, the Recovery is really, really important. Um, and in the race that we're running together, we also need recovery. We need rest. Okay, that's, that's the word to write. Rest, okay? A um, little demonstration here for Jenny. I've got a pillow for you, which um, I didn't ask for Kim's permission, but there you go. <laughs> Everybody say rest. Rest. Everybody take a deep breath. So most of us don't rest at all, really. Uh, most of us who, especially if we're working or if we're looking after children, the time that we have to rest, for some reason, is very minimal. And very often we'll meet people who are worn out, stressed, exhausted, they're tired. But the idea of resting is like, well, I haven't got time to rest. Or I'm, I'm, so, I'm so tired that I'm actually like, I'm struggling to know how to rest. Or they take a day off, but it's not really a day off because they've got all these other jobs to do. But... There's a principle of rest, or, or in the Bible, you read about this thing called Sabbath, which is a commandment of God to rest. God created the whole world, the whole universe, and then what did he do on the seventh day? He rested. What did Jesus do when he was in the boat in the storm, and the disciples are like, ah, we're going to die. What's Jesus doing? He's asleep, but he's resting. And I think if, it's, if rest is good enough for God and good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. 
but, and it's good for me. Like, I have to rest. It's really important that we all rest regularly if we're going to keep going. When we rest, when we sleep, that's when our muscles recover. That's when our heart rate comes back to normal. All of the things that we need to run well happen when we're recovering, when we're resting. Okay? So, as I said, Jenny's got her pillow to remind us that we need to rest. You okay, Jenny? Great. All right. The fourth thing we need is a set of scales. And that's because when you train for a long, long run, you naturally will lose a bit of weight. And often that's not a bad thing. <laughs> Lots of people get into running because they want to lose weight. Um, but when you've lost a bit of weight and you're running, that actually helps you keep going. If, if you're heavier than is desirable and you're trying to run, you're carrying all of this extra stuff that is going to slow you down, really. And uh, we read in the verse earlier in Hebrews, before it says run the race of endurance, it says this, it says, um, let, us, let us strip off every weight, especially sin. Okay, now my little demonstration for what sin is like might surprise you, but it's in this cupboard. Okay, now my daughter's seen this and uh, might freak out when she sees it. Look at this. A bear. Okay, don't get too excited. This represents sin, everybody, okay? But the thing with sin is, um, it might actually look quite nice on the outside. The, the things which kind of look good, they might, might be a good idea, actually sometimes are not very good for us. That's the bear. Now, I'd like another volunteer who could do one lap of the track for me. And ideally somebody small, because that will really help my illustration here. Um, Maybe Hope's doing it already. Okay, so everybody look at Hope. You see, <laughs> you see how hard she's finding it to run, <laughs> trying to carry this enormous thing, which looks so good, but actually it's sl slowing her down. It's slowing her down. If I was to take the bear away, which I'm not going to do because she will cry, but if I was to take the bear away, she'd be so much faster going around the track and that's the thing with sin. When we carry sin, it slows us down. When we carry this thing, which the, which the Bible says we should strip it off, lay it aside. When we do that, we run so much better. And so the Bible says that for us to run this race, we need to do something called repentance, okay? That's the word to write. It's got an A at the end, FYI, because I uh, had to do Google that to double check. It's not an E. But this thing called repentance, repentance is basically where we say sorry. We come to Jesus, we say, Jesus, I'm sorry for this thing I'm doing. I'm sorry for this sin. Would you take it away from me? Would you take it off me? And I'm going to turn around and I'm going to run to you again. Okay, that's kind of what repentance is. Now, for Jenny, uh, you doing okay, Jenny? Yeah, I've got these plasters here, okay, to kind of represent something being healed, uh, you, you catch my drift, okay? So we've got food, the Bible, we've got hydration, the Holy Spirit, we've got recovery or rest, we've got scales or repentance, 
the fifth thing which you need to run a marathon is a plan. And uh, I've got a little example of a plan here. Oh, I made it up. If you want it, you can have it. A training plan. Now, when you're in a marathon, <clears throat> to, to get to the end, if you've never done it before, you might be like, well, what do I do? Like, how do I train to run so far? Thankfully, there's been lots of other people who have run marathons and who have done a really good job at running marathons, and they know how to get to the end in a good time. They know how to get there having run well. They know what to eat. They know how often to train, how to increase the distance, etc. And when you follow someone else's plan who's done it before, your training is so much better, and you run so much better. And uh, it's a bit like that when we run our race. We have lots of people around us who are maybe further along in the race than we are, who have experienced things which we haven't experienced. But they can give us wisdom. They can give us that experience to help us with our running. Now, I've got a friend in the room called Becky. Becky's right here. I've asked Becky if she'll come and share just very quickly some of the things that she has um, learnt during her race, her race towards Jesus, her race in the kingdom, uh, so that we can all learn something, so that we can all have a bit of wisdom and experience from Becky. So, Becky, the race track is yours. I don't have to run, do I? <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, I suppose the first thing that right from a child was reading the Bible every day, um, and that becomes a habit if you do it every day, but also can be a bit of a, a difficult thing. I remember when I was had three young children at home and finding any time to do anything for yourself, like reading the Bible and praying, was really difficult. And then the guilt gets to you and, and you feel guilty because you haven't done your Bible reading and uh, that weighs on you and then you feel bad because you feel guilty because you didn't have time and all that stuff. Um, but I have a friend who has been a friend since I was 12. And um, we don't see each other very often. We don't communicate very often. But when we get together, it's like we've never been apart. And God really spoke to me through that. Sort of, he knows our situation. So if you're in a season where you're finding it really hard to connect with God, he knows your situation. He knows your season. And when you have time to connect with him, that's okay. Because he's still there. He's still waiting. And another little trick I had to, while I was in that difficult time, was... I would sometimes just draw a little dot on my hand. And every time, because it then would catch your eyes, oh, something there. And every time it caught my eye, it was a reminder that God was there. And I could have a little, oh, thanks God, you're with me. Or, oh, time for a prayer. Or sit down and, you know, depends what you're doing. But it's just a little reminder, something that catches your eye. So that was something that was really helpful for me. Um, the other thing is when we've moved house or had hard decisions to make, we've spent time talking it through with other Christians that we trust and praying it through together and talking to other people to find out what the right thing is to do. And having other people around you um, is really, really important that you don't go through anything on your own. And we're family here, aren't we? So any situation that we have, we don't need to do it on our own. We can do it with other people. And the other thing is that when we've moved house, which we have several times, one of the first things we've done is find a church and get stuck into a church for that very reason. Because you can't do life on your own 
can't do the Christian life on your own. You need your family around you. You need people to help you and walk the life with you. And um, so that's really important to us as every time we've moved is to find the right church and to get stuck in straight away. Um, will that do? Is that enough? Lovely. Would you like some sweets? I forgot I've got sweets to give out. There you go. Give some more in a minute. Thank you, Becky. Amazing. That's so good to, it's so good to hear what other people have been through and their advice. Because if I've not been through it, I can take that advice for myself. So what uh, Jenny, my marathoner, needs is the training plan, okay? That represents the wisdom. Are you okay? Yeah, good. Wisdom and experience of others. So the sixth thing, the last thing I want to share is that when we run a marathon, when you run a long race, it's really good to do it with friends, okay? Um, Now, I've got a video for us to watch. This is the last kilometer of Eliud Kipchoge's one hour 59 marathon, okay? And when we watch this video, you'll see how he's not running on his own. And there's so many people cheering him on, but he's running with people around him, which I'll explain afterwards. So you guys feel free to roll the VT. There we go. Running on the one hand is a bit boring to watch, but on the other hand, it's so exciting to watch. <laughs> so I mentioned earlier that um, Kenyan runners, there's, there's, well, there's lots of things that make them great runners. One was high altitude training, but the other thing is, they never run on their own. Every time they train, it's with other people. They're always with other people. Because when you run with other people, you run better. You're not thinking about how much it hurts. You probably run faster than you would on your own. You've got other people around you to take turns, like pacing you. And everything about running is so much better when you're with other people. When he ran one hour, 59 minutes, he had 53 paces. He was going around uh, around a bit of a loop. He had 53 different people that came and joined him at different times to pace him at the speed he needed to go to get to the end under two hours. 53. And uh, running with other people is, is so good. It's so much better. For us, the race that we're running, it's designed to be ran in community like this, in church. God designed the church for us. It was his idea. It wasn't some guy's idea to say, hey, let's make this thing called church. God designed the church, and he designed it to be a place where we all run together. We need each other. We need each other to cheer us on, to to push us, to take the pace sometimes so that we can keep going. Um, I have one last video for you, which is me at mile 23 of 26, I swear in my head I was going way faster than what it looks like. (laughs) Um, But this is me coming down in London with um, my family who were there cheering me on. There you go. (laughs) Short and sweet. Everyone else was walking by that point. I was just flying. Anyway, (laughs) you don't need to laugh that much, mate. (laughs) But the point is that my, my family were there to cheer me on. And that's what we can be for one another. So my last demonstration for Jenny, I'm going to see if you can do me a lap. You don't have to run. You can walk. No, sorry, two laps, okay? Now, lap number one, I'd like you to go around, and we're going to be completely silent. 
Okay, so everybody in the room are going to say anything. Okay, so come this way, Jenny. Come to the start line. We'll move this bear. Sin, get away from me. <laughs> okay. Oh, I should I should bring my bell and my uh, my ribbon again. Okay. Okay. So lap number one, Jenny. Solo lap. Off you go. Silence from everybody. Please go. Oh, I blow my whistle. Okay, stop. Lap number two. I want everybody in the room to cheer as hard as you can. Okay? Jenny is about to run one hour 59 minutes. She's in the last 400 meters. The crowd is going wild. She's finishing the race. If you could, please cheer. Could you hold this for me? Because we're going to do a little finish line. Please, would you cheer the entire way for Jenny as she finishes the race? Go on, Jenny! Go on, Jenny! Go on, Jenny! Go on! Yes! <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. You're dismissed, actually, from your duties. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Do you see the difference when she goes around with silence versus when she cheers? She went faster the second time round. And that's what we can be for each other. When we cheer each other on, we all go faster, we all run the race. We run the race better, okay? So, to recap, we've got these six things which go into running a marathon or running a race. Food, hydration, recovery, set of scales, a plan, and friends, okay? And then we've got these six things for us as we run our race that parallel to that. So, if you've done this correct on your worksheets, these should be joined up, okay? So our daily bread, which is the word, the Bible, the Holy Spirit is our hydration, rest or sleep, repentance, wisdom of others or the experience of others, and the church, church family, one another, okay? So that's the answers to your little worksheets. Now, um, did anybody get them right? I've got all these prizes to give out, sweets. Sweets are good in a race, actually, to be fair. Not so much beforehand, but during the race, they're amazing. Uh, <coughs> nice. Sweets. Hey. Oh, that was terrible. So sorry. Thanks. Andy, would you distribute some sweets to everybody who would like them? <laughs> well, as, as I mean, I've only got about 15 packs, so. Now, once you've got some sweets, I've got one more thing I'd like us to do just on our tables, okay? Um... So I've got two questions for us to consider, which I'm going to put up on the screen, or Jim's going to put up on the screen, okay? So think about, we've called it Couch to Kingdom, bit of a silly little name, but the idea of starting off on our race together, you might be week one, day one of Couch to Kingdom, you might be right at the end, but wherever you are on that journey, I've got two questions. So for the children, for the adults, I'd like you to have a chat about these on your tables, okay? Question number one, which of those six disciplines uh, do you feel strong in? So you might be like, yeah, reading the word every day, I do that, strong. I feel good about that one, okay? So have a think, which of those do you feel strong in? And what is one discipline that you could start doing to move forward further in the race, okay? So you might say, 
actually, do you know what? I need to rest a lot more than I currently am doing, okay? So one thing that you're strong in, one that you could do more of, and have a chat on your tables, ask each other, hey, what's, what are you really strong in? What do you feel you could have a bit more of? We're going to do that for a couple of minutes. And then Sharon's going to come and lead us in one song just to close our time together, okay? So have a chat. I'm going to ring the bell and off you go. Nice. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.